And so I've created a brand new Visionary Retreat Leaders Checklist. This is pure gold, folks. This is all stuff that I have learned through my own planning processes over the last 10 years that I've been delivering retreats. So if you want to get your hands on a copy, it's absolutely free. You can go to my website, www.theallisonk.com. Click on the can work with me icon, work with me, which is on the left-hand side. If you go to my website and click it and you start scrolling down the page and there'll be a pop-up window that will appear and you can just put your email address in and we'll be glad to send it to you. So make sure you take advantage of this. This is an amazing free offer. This is worth its weight in gold. And quite honestly, I see a lot of people charging a lot of money for the stuff that I'm just giving to you for free. So go get your hands on it. I would love to get your feedback, see what you think, but definitely take it as a free gift from me because I really believe in over-delivering and over-sharing. And I just want you to be able to have it so that you can start using it and planning your own retreats and events. So take advantage. I would love to hear what you think. Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you again for tuning in to this edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care on this Tuesday morning. I am super excited to be with you again this week for another amazing episode. I welcome your company, and as always, I appreciate you being here with me on the journey. Today, I'm super excited about my guest. Today, I have Brigida H. with me. She is an international speaker, And she calls herself that she carries the torch for the center of NLP programming. We're going to be talking about communication and how all that should be center and not just how you prioritize yourself, but how you kind of set the path for your life in general. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Allison. I'm excited. Fantastic. Awesome. So I'd love for you just to introduce yourself to my audience um, first, kind of just just tell them a little bit about you and your background and um, and how you're, you got to be doing this amazing work that you're doing today. Oh, gosh, where do I start? So Brigitte Höfele, not a English sounding name because that's not what I am. I, uh, I'm originally from Germany, moved to the United States almost 20 years now to build a Montessori school. And I love building businesses. I got really good at building them and selling them. Um, And out of that, I was invited to speak on stages around the world to spread my knowledge, to spread my wisdom. Uh And my mentor um, at the time was looking at me or was kind of watching me from afar. And he called me up and he, this is literally, Allison, how the conversation went. He says, hey, Brigida. And he was in Atlanta at the time. I was in Tennessee at the time. Uh, Hey, Brigida, um, how are you doing? And I said, great, you know, I'm moving to Atlanta. Why don't we catch up for coffee? He goes, that's awesome. I'm moving to South Carolina. You want to buy my business? He's Danish. He gets to the point. He doesn't lose a whole lot of time. Uh And and he said, "Um, I've been watching you and how you're implementing everything that I taught you. And I am just in absolute awe. And I would be honored if if I could uh, pass on the baton or pass on the torch to you so you run with it. And hey, Allison, when the universe provides something, I don't shove it off my 
uh, off my desk or off my lap. I say, let's look at it. Let's do it. And uh, here I am. I'm doing it. I'm I'm living intentional and purposeful. And I love every second of it. Yes, absolutely. I could not agree with you more. I think everything that's put in our path every day is put in our path for a distinct purpose. Yeah, um, it's really up to us to decide how we want to interpret that. But sometimes I really believe sometimes opportunities come and it's literally the universe tapping us on the shoulder saying, hey, you need to take a look at this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I live by the concept of the answer is always yes. Now, what's the question? And I'm Ooh. I'm all about asking really good quality questions. Oh, I love that. I love that. The answer is always yes. Always yes. Always yes, but then there are questions, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let's start there then. So in your opinion, what is a good question like in general? Because I mean, what? And, and the reason I the reason I phrase it like that is this: we live in an information overload age. There is no shortage of information out there, and honestly, I think people can get lost in asking too many questions. So let me just mm. paraphrase. Your, what I asked you and kind of give you that as the backdrop. So <laughs> I, I want to answer that question. And then I want to go into what's a, what's not a good question to ask at all. Fair enough. Let's we do go, that. But, but we, before we go into that, any question that starts with what or how or when is a really good question. It's a really good quality question because it allows the other person to talk about them. It allows for more um, information, more data to be um, to, to be gathered so we can then ask better questions or come to a conclusion. A not good question, uh, hardly ever a good question, is a question that starts with why. Why? Hmm. Because when you ask a, if you when you ask someone, I'll give you a really good example, Allison. This okay. morning, I had a, a I have a Monday morning kickstart call with my team, my group of people, and the question came up: Hey, how do I reframe um, when someone says and they constantly apologize for? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I did do this, and they constantly apologize for something that really doesn't need an apology. It just it's an habitual saying, "I'm sorry." I'm pretty sure. Right, right. It's a habit. I think. Yeah, it's a habit. Yeah. Right. It right. it has nothing to do with an apology or sorrow. It has everything to do with a, a habit that they've created of saying that. Yes. Yes. And, agree. And the, and and we open it up to the group, and you know everyone gets to have to to voice their opinion or their thoughts. And then when it was my time to speak and, and kind of wrap that up, was well rather than reframing it for them how they can say it better, how about you ask them, what are you apologizing for? Hmm. For what purpose are you apologizing? Because hmm. when you ask that kind of question, that person then becomes aware of, well, actually, huh, that's a really good question. What am I apologizing for? Because when someone is using something like that in a habitual way, that is a, that's part of their behavior. And we hmm. cannot change someone else's behavior, but we can guide them, make them yeah. aware of what yeah. they are doing so they can then, if they so choose to change their own behavior. Now yeah. in, 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 on the flip side, Allison, what would happen if I would tell that, if I would ask that person, why are you asking, or why are you constantly apologizing, or why are you constantly saying sorry? What happens? 
immediate mm. defense mechanism, right? Yep, the person yep, feels absolutely. like, oh, I'm with my back against the wall. Shoot, what do I do now? And then they go into, there's no, there's no data. There's no awareness. There's, it, it's just defense. Yeah. And nothing yeah. really happens when you, when someone goes into defense. Yeah. Well, and I just, I love how you frame that because I do think that it's a habit for people to apologize. You know, mm-hmm. when someone comes to me and and look, there's nothing wrong with apologizing if it's, if it's necessary and warranted. Right. For sure. But, but when I, when I'm around people and one of the first things out of their mouth is, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm I, My first instinct is like, first of all, what happened that makes you think you have to apologize? Right. And two, you know, what, 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 what's really going on here? You know, it automatically like makes me think that there's something else going on that either I'm not aware of or, or, you know, that it's some, it's really more to do with them than it is with me. Oh, for sure. It has to do everything with them, right? That's, that's the whole premise of communication. It gives you more information about the sender of that message. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. Do you think just on this this uh, this apology thing, and then we'll change the subject? Do you think um, on the on the heels of somebody somebody who just chronically apologizes or whatever? I, I personally, I think in some in my experience that I think their intentions are probably good, but but it, it's often coming from a place that they feel like they either have missed something, or they feel like they're not enough, or they feel like somewhere along the line they've done something wrong. Yeah. And I'm not a mind reader. And I think it's from person to person, it's different. And it is definitely a modeled behavior. Yeah. It is probably a modeled behavior of mom said that you need to apologize because you're just too much. You're just too, you're too out there. You're too this, you're, or you're, or on the flip side, you're not enough. You're not this, you're not that. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, I got to apologize first as a premise or as a precursor so then I can have the, because everyone wants to be heard and seen totally. and understood. That's yeah, a right? basic human need, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. So they have learned through modeled behavior that, oh, I need to apologize because it's something that mom or dad or someone, teacher, religious leader, thought leader, whoever yeah, told them that they're either not enough or they're just too much. Yeah, 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 totally. So let's pivot for just a minute then, because what I hear from a lot of people is since I'm in the health and fitness space, obviously, and what I hear from a lot of people as far as their belief system goes as to why they have trouble prioritizing themselves. And I don't necessarily think it's conscious with everybody, but I just think that people have their stories as to why things won't work. And mm-hmm. they've, they've created all this, all the evidence that they need to justify that their story is correct. So for example, mm-hmm. One of the most common ones that I hear from people, and you've probably heard this too, and 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 somewhere along the line in your work is, I just don't have time. I'm chronically overscheduled. Mm-hmm. So for me as a coach, you know, I want to try to unpack that a little bit and find out number one where that's coming from, and number two, what's a better way to kind of change that story so they can show themselves that they do have time. And I'm just curious from a communication standpoint. You know, when you hear that from people, where does your brain go? Yeah, I, and and I go in the in a similar direction because a belief is we feel certain about something. That is yep. a belief. Yeah, and what's well, a thought already, that we've thought enough that it feels like a fact to us too? It, right. It it is it is either a thought that we have so vividly thought so many mm-hmm. times over and over and over, or 
and a thought is a piece of evidence, or we've actually experienced it somehow, or we yep. have seen it and made it our own experience. Yeah. Very good. So, yes. So at the end, as humans, we are constantly gathering data and evidence that will feed that belief. May it mm-hmm. be a supportive or not supportive belief. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, and and when when I uh, train and certify coaches, I we go into this one question. This is one of my favorite coaching questions. When did you decide that you don't fill in the blank have enough time? Because at one point, there's a conscious decision, probably not made con- in their conscious mind, but it's there's a decision that I don't have enough time. Yeah. Or I make time rather than rather to sit, you know, 30 minutes in a Starbucks line than go to the gym for 30 minutes. Right. Right. There's a there's a decision. And when we can ask that again, it's about quality questions. When did you decide that you don't have time? When did you decide that prioritizing Starbucks over over the gym, to use this example, um, is more important? When did you decide that? And then shut up. Because yeah. the, the most beautiful thing as a coach is when you ask a really good quality question and then shut up. Because then then the, the, the wheels are starting to turn in the person. Oh, hmm, I made a decision, didn't I? Huh, that's interesting. Well, when did I decide that? And yeah. they're starting to look for evidence. Yeah. And when and when they find their own evidence, then you can start to find counter evidence. Yeah. So, like, if like, how would you define counter evidence then? So, if if the evidence is I don't have time because you know I need to pick up the kids from school, I need to fill out this form, I need to go to the bank, I need to do this for my job, I need to do this for my business, and and they have all of this evidence. Ask them where what can they because it's, we're we're vessels, right? If, totally if, right, I, totally. Brigida in twenty four hours in a day that is one vessel. So mm-hmm. if I am to carve out time to go to the gym or to take a piece of self-care to get a massage or whatever, something out of that vessel needs to give. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's list out all of the things that you do in a day and which of those things are busy work and which of those things are actually productivity, meaning they get you to your well-formed outcome, well-formed outcome to your desired outcome. then. Out of those things that you have in such a busy day, what can you give to make time for yourself? Hmm. Maybe, maybe it is waiting 30 minutes in the spar- Starbucks line. Maybe uh-huh. it is, hey, actually, once a week, I can ask my neighbor to pick up the kids from school so I don't have to go. Or, yeah. or maybe I can... You know, whatever it is. And when you do that often enough, and you know, being in the health and fitness industry, you know this better than anyone, it takes about 90 days to create a new habit. Hmm. Because within those 90 days, we're gathering the evidence that, hey, this actually makes me feel good. It's good for me. I'm getting the outcomes that I desire, mm-hmm. but you got to stick with it. And and that's where the yeah. coach can, comes Totally. In. I could not agree with you more. I usually I usually tell people anywhere from 60 to 90 days. That's why having support is so key. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs 
build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook, and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. Yeah, let's take this one step further then and say, let's say that, you know, there's there's somebody that is like determined to like do this on their own and not have support, right? So let's say over that 60 to 90 day window to create a new way of, you know, creating new evidence to use your word. What are some really good quality questions? Okay. That someone could really challenge themselves with. Let's say they're trying, they're determined to do this on their own. And, you know, they just need some quality questions that they can ask. I'm not suggesting that that's the best approach, but there are plenty of people out there that really believe they can do this by themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right? So, yeah. Let's just go with that example. I'm yeah. Just let's let's, just, let's just play devil's advocate and then, then, we'll, then yeah. we'll bring it back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, if, so, if someone says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, say, let's just make an example because it makes uh-huh. it more. Totally. Uh, visible and yep. tangible within the next 60 days. So it is the beginning of April now, just as an example, uh-huh. by the end of May, I will have gone to the gym three times a week and I will have released 10 pounds. Let's make it really simple. Okay. Right? okay. So you set something in the future. So by the end of May, May has what? January, February, May, uh, January, February, March, April, May, May has 31 days. So by March, May 31st, I have released 10 pounds and I've gone to the gym three times a week. You okay. write that down. Right. And then you write down, in order for me to go three times a week to the gym to release the 10 pounds, what would be the detriment? So that's a good question. What would be the detriment of me deciding to not go to the gym? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good okay. question. No, it is a good one. So, so the detriment is to really plug into the pain. How painful is it going to be for yourself when you decide not to go? Hmm. And the and the 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 word here is also decide because yeah. you make a conscious decision, even if you allow things to get in the way. Oh, then I had to do that, and then the dog got sick, and then the child fell, and then the right, right, you know, all sorts of things. Yes, and. Did you make time for yourself? So yeah. what is the detriment of you not following up on what you said you're going to do for yourself? Right. Well, right. I'm not, go- I'm not going to release the 10 pounds. I'm not going to feel good about myself. Yeah, it's not important enough. Yeah, um, all of those other things, things right? are more important. That's typically what I hear from people. Well, I've just got all these other things that I've got to get done first. It's almost like they've got to tell themselves, I got to get ready to get ready. Right. Yeah. And then, and then they kind of just uh, shuffle around the threshold right. and never get started. Right. Right. Exactly. 
Right. That's where an accountability partner comes totally. in. Totally. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I'm so, always of the mind that accountability and support is key when you're making any change. Yes, absolutely. Because we're humans. You know, yeah. uh, I could I could go, I've gone to the gym for, tw- you know, good 20 plus years. I could go to the gym every day by myself. Am I going to push myself the same as if as as if i am being you know uh held accountable and uh, and 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 being pushed with knowledge by my personal trainer heck no yeah humans yeah. we like to stay comfortable totally that yeah, we we get good at what we do mind. often right yeah that's one of the things that, i always like to say that happens in our physical mind and that in our physical body and that hap- happens in our psychological mind absolutely Absolutely. Could not agree more. We just, we, we, we tend to just keep circulating in the same programs. So then the next question would be, once you filled out the detriment to you, when you decide not to do it, what are, what are three things that need to be in place every given, every single day that you want to do the self-care mm-hmm. that need to happen? So write down three things that need to happen. Well, I need to carve out time. I need to make sure that the kids are taken care of. I need to make sure whatever it is. So write that down and then Mm. write, and then ask yourself, what are three things that will get in the way that I decide to not let get in the way? So when you're listing, when you're becoming aware of these are the things that can get in the way, I can actually have a plan B and be prepared for that to not allow that to be an excuse. Yeah. So really, but what you're saying then is let's make ourselves aware of what the potential limitations and conflicts could be. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and just put that out there so that mm-hmm. we're not ignoring it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, let's be intentional about the things that we need We need to be directing our focus to. So in other words, we're not hiding from it and pretending it doesn't exist. But at the same time, we're saying these are all things that I'm going to be super intentional about if I'm going to make this happen. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then h- how are you celebrating? How are you how are you um anchoring in the feeling of completion once you have done 3 days in a week? <laughs> funny funny thing is Allison, I had a client in one of my courses the other day uh-huh. and and he said, "Well, you know, um I will I will um, celebrate before I actually go to the gym. So I will eat the dessert before I go to the gym. I will, I will reward myself before I do the task. And, (laughs) and, and I said, so then are you going to the gym? And he's like, well, hmm, actually, (laughs) actually I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I had him go through exactly what I just, you know, shared with you on the Uh questions. Uh And within days, he decided, okay, the reward comes after, and the reward is not going to be dessert. The reward is taking a a walk with my wife, connecting with family. That's going to be my reward. Yeah. And within days, you could see a difference in his body. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So by... By basically taking the power away from him to decide and just simply helping him reframe it, he's Mm -hmm. thinking of it in a much bigger, more powerful way, which really is going to motivate him more, hopefully, right? Yeah. And I didn't tell him to do squat. I just asked him. Isn't that interesting? So the power, that's like the power of suggestion, right? Correct. 
Yeah, well, I love it. But but who who suggested it? Yeah, because I right. didn't. he did. He did. he did though. Yeah, because there's he, no resistance to your own suggestion. Yeah. Well, there that's a mic drop moment right there. I feel like you know part of our job as coaches is to help people choose the best outcomes and really empower them when they decide what that outcome is. It's our job to just hold space for them and help them find that right choice. That's right. Yeah. So in general, then, you know, in general, what are some really good things? I mean, you pretty much already alluded to this at the beginning of our conversation, but I'm just curious if we can go just a little bit deeper before we wrap up. What are some, what are some, like red flags as far as questions go that we might hear other people ask us or that we might be inclined to ask people when we're not sure. I mean, you already alluded to starting with the why, but I'm just wondering if there are any other like signature or trademark phrases that you would recommend. Yeah, it's not necessarily the words because if we look at communication as a whole, uh-huh. there is there's the words or the word the word catalog that we use. Right. There's right. the tonality and there's the body language. Uh-huh. So I think a red flag would be the tonality of how someone asks a question. Yeah. Good point. Right. You, yeah. You, you can you can ask the same question in a very caring way, mm-hmm. even if you're not asking why, or you can. You can ask it in a very passive aggressive way. Totally. So yeah. Be, be mindful, be mindful of how in which tonality you are asking the question. Oh, um, yeah, that's a good and one. And then and then when the other person can see you, is your communication, the way that you are asking, is it congruent? And by that I mean, is your body language, are your facial features and the words that you're asking in the tonality, are they all in alignment? Do they mm-hmm. all say the same thing? Yeah. Well, I just, I love that you brought that up because I do feel like there, there's a lot of misinterpretation going on in the world today, strictly because of what you just described. I feel like then when, when somebody's body language doesn't really match what they're saying, you know, depending on what type of learning style somebody has, or even just, you know, just under, under, you know, just even not thinking about that. I think it's very easy to misinterpret when simple things like this aren't taken into consideration. I agree. I agree. The thing is, especially nowadays with social media and lots yeah. of email and texting going on. Yeah. When when we text, we are making use of the words that we're texting, but the person that is reading the words may be, you know, text message, social media post, website. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not hearing how you're saying it. Yeah. They're not seeing your body language, how how you're presenting yeah. the words. Yeah. So yeah. it's only the words, and the words is the smallest amount of our communication. It doesn't. It it weighs the smallest of all three of body language, tonality, and and words or word yes. catalog. And and to put more fuel to uh, on the fire. Mm-hmm. When someone reads, say, I text you something and you read it and you're, you know, really ticked off about something completely different that right, is right, not right. related to us at all. You're bringing in your mindset and your tonality in what you're reading in my text message. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and honestly, has nothing a, to do with me. Right. Right. And honestly, a text message can be very misconstrued. You know, but a lot of people do. Right. But a lot of people do default to emailing and texting, especially if it's something that they're not comfortable verbalizing. Yeah. 
You know, I, 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 I love that you said that. And I tell my children who are 17 and 20, almost 21, if in doubt, just call them. Don't yeah. text. Yeah. Or I at agree least, at least, or at least send them a voice memo. Then they yeah. can at least hear you and, yeah. and hear the words that you're speaking. Yeah. No, I, I, I could not agree with you more. It's like, uh, that's just one of it. I, I can almost sense it immediately when I get a message from somebody. I'm like, yeah, they really don't want to say that out loud. That's why they're putting it in writing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So let's say someone out there is listening. This is all just pure gold. I think there's so many takeaways here for people listening. Um, I really do think that, you know, if we really honestly look at our communication, I think we can avoid a lot of potential conflicts down the road if we're really intentional about it. So I really applaud yeah. the work that you're doing. Um, let's say someone, well, I know there, there are obviously people out there listening, but I'm betting that there are people out there listening to this and thinking, this is really good. This is stuff I know I need to get better at. What advice would you give them on how to get started today? Okay. So uh, I would I would advise you on, on these six steps. First okay. of all, these are all questions to you and you can okay. write them down. What is your outcome? What are you mm-hmm. aiming for? Which okay. intentional action are you willing to take? Um, what is your internal state or your mindset around this? How flexible are you in your behavior? Ooh, that's a good one. How are you operating in terms of excellence? Now, I'm I'm saying excellence and not perfectionism because perfectionism, we're not. Don't even get me started on that. Oh, so I agree with let you. Me refra- yeah. Let Let me rephrase it to this. Okay. How are you always doing the best? That, that you, you possibly can. can. Yeah, yeah, like that. How are you always doing the best that you possibly can? That makes it even easier. And then okay. the last question is, what other resources do you need to get started now? So really, what you're what you're really challenging my listeners to do is to really sit and take inventory of themselves and mm-hmm. to, you know, basically what we've been talking about this whole time is is real, we're really empowering people to make their own decision, but we're empowering them to make the right decision for them. Yeah, because we have learned over, over time and been programmed to look at all the things that are not working and finding evidence why they're not working. And they, that, that keeps us stuck. Yeah, right. It just keeps us repeating the same things over and over that, yeah. but that really at the end of the day are not serving us. Exactly. Yeah, love it. This has been so amazing. I just always love having the simple things that we could just dissect even more because I'm a firm believer in the basics and really everything that we've talked about are are really at the heart of good communication. Where can people find you? Really easy. Um, Simply go to center, C-E-N-T-E-R of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP, center of NLP, or even easier, if you know how to write my name. Just Google my name, Brigitta, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-A, Hoefele, H-O-E-F-E-R-L-E. When you Google my name, uh, I can truly say there's only one Brigitta Hoefele in the World Wide Web. You will find me. Somehow, I believe that. If I Googled your name, (laughs) you're probably the only one, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) My last last name is like that, Katzkowski. I always say, I promise I'm the only one on your list. (laughs) But I have to spell my name, right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. The spelling is, but yeah, just Brigitte Hoefele or Center of NLP, which makes it even simpler. 
Fantastic. And I'm assuming you're on, you know, your social media, like you're on in LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. all stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So. And it's, it's all Brigitte Hoefele or all center of NLP. So, okay. uh, so you the, keep it very simple. We keep it simple. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for making time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Allison, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Of course. And folks out there listening, there's pure gold in this conversation. There are all kinds of amazing takeaways uh, things that I think that are really can be really helpful for you in questioning yourself, but and more importantly, in your communication with other people and how you prioritize uh, the decisions you make on how you do you. That's really what this show is all about. So I'm always, you know, open to having amazing guests that can help me reinforce that point. So there's this may be an episode that you just want to catalog and go back and listen to again. And on that note, if there's a friend or colleague that you know. This, this episode might be helpful for, please absolutely fast forward this, the link to them as a free gift from me. You can go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and click on the podcast tab and just directly copy the link from there. Or if you're, if you would like, feel free to reach out to me and someone on my team or myself will be glad to help you with that. If you're feeling inclined to leave us a review, please absolutely do that. And if you screenshot your review, you can uh, send it to me and we will send you a free gift as a token of our appreciation because I know how valuable your time is. And I'm just grateful that you choose to spend some of your time every week with me. Um, thank you so much for your support of me, of my message and of the show. We're heard all over the world and it's because of you that we are still here. We're coming up on our fourth birthday and I just love having you know the opportunity every week to be here and talk with you and interact with you and get to know you, please absolutely know that you can go to my website at any time and just write to me. I do answer all of my emails. I don't have anyone on my team that does that for me. Um, and I'm happy to uh, learn more about you. If there's something that I'm talking about that really resonates with you, I always like to hear about that as well. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. 